Radiant Church, I'm going to ask you one more time. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's good. Good morning, good morning again. If you uh, came in a little late, that's okay. You're welcome in this space. My name is Maddie, and I'm the pastor here at the Pleasant Hill Campus, and I'm just so thankful that you came to worship with us today. Uh, I do. I believe that the Lord's got a good word this morning for you, and uh, I just want to give you guys a couple updates before we dive in. Uh, First of all, if I can say on behalf of my family, thank you for praying for us and just seeking us out these last few weeks. Uh, For those of you who don't know, my dad was in a motorcycle accident a few weeks ago and is very thankful to be alive and he came home just on Thursday and so yes God is good God is good God is good to our family he's faithful to us he's faithful to you too and I hope you believe that whatever season you're in my dad was hoping to be here this morning but he's feeling pretty sore he's hoping to be back next week so dad I know you're watching because you said you were texting me and you said you were watching so get off your phone watch the live stream and we'll see you here next week and that's what I'm talking about they're cheering for you if you can't hear them Uh, (laughs) there we go There we go. Hey, Radiant Church, I am so thankful to be here with you today. And as uh, we are continuing in our Mixed Bag series, if you guys don't know what that is, through the month of July, we are hearing from all sorts of different teachers. We heard the word from uh, Weston this last week. I know you guys enjoyed that. I know that was a message that carried out through the week and what a blessing that was. And uh, today you've got the B team. So I'm excited to be here with you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm looking forward to it. Jason misses you as well. Again, just a reminder, he's on a teaching sabbatical this month and he'll be back in August and we are so thankful that we can give him a break so we can put him back to work in August because he's got stuff to do, okay? Hey, let's dive in this morning. As I was preparing this message this week, I have to be honest with you uh, when I say I was really struggling through it. I'm not one of those people that's going to get on stage and is going to tell you that this was really easy for me to do and it just flew right out of my pants. It was not that way, okay? I really struggled through this message this week. I hit every single stage of sermon writing. Sometimes I hit them twice over. You start out really encouraged and really motivated and you're like, I got a word from the Lord. I'm ready to share this. The, the, it's going to be great. Holy Spirit's going to fall. People are going to get saved, okay? And you feel this in you, and, and you're encouraged, and you're motivated, and, and you start writing, and, and slowly you find out that you've bitten off a little more that you can chew, and it gets, and you get a little distracted, and maybe you start scrolling on your phone, and maybe you start stalking someone's Facebook three years in, I don't know, and you're on the internet, and you're internet shopping, and on Pinterest, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, I've hardly written anything down, and, and then you start to get frustrated with yourself, and then if you're me, you start emotionally eating all of your snacks. I may have done that step a couple times. And then a few tears, and then I'm questioning why I'm doing this, and I'm like, girl, you gotta get yourself together. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And then you look at the page, and it's still pretty much blank, and you're back to square one again. And it's a vicious cycle. And and as I was praying uh, with the prayer team on Wednesday, because they love me, and they encourage me, and I love them, uh, they were encouraging me on Wednesday, and they were praying over me, and Pastor Jason was praying over me, and just really came to the conclusion that, uh, yes, my own distraction was included in this, but I really don't think that this is a message that Satan wants us to share today. I don't think this is something the devil wants us to talk about, but I am afraid of a few things in my life, snakes, fish, and my mama, and the devil is not one of those things, okay? The devil is not one of those things, and because the devil does not want us talking about this this morning is the exact reason why we will be talking about it this morning. What I'm going to share with you this morning is not something that's new, 
What I'm going to share with you this morning is not something that's super spiritual or super clever, and it's a, it's a message that's as old as time, but I do think it's a message that we as Christians don't single out enough, and it's something important that I think we don't focus on enough, and what I want to talk to you about this morning is that special third piece of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I think that there are automatically a lot of questions, and understandably so, because it is a loaded topic. It is no joke. The Holy Spirit is a loaded topic. Really and truly, this is a message that we could be talking about. It could be a year-long sermon series, and I don't know if we would get to all the in and outs of the Holy Spirit, okay? And I have 30 minutes today, so we're going to do the best that we can. And what my desire this morning is not to share with you every detail, every in and out, answer every single question that you have about the Holy Spirit, one, because I only have 30 minutes, two, because I want you to go home and research it on your own, okay? And three, what I really want to do this morning is I want to create within us a distinct awareness of the Holy Spirit that lasts seven days a week. Okay, here's the thing, we can come on Sunday morning and we can praise God and our hearts can pound, but what about the other seven days of the week? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, let my words be your words. God, if there's a single thought in my mind, a single thought in my heart that is not of you, Jesus, just remove it from my heart. Shut my mouth. I don't desire to speak from Maddie this morning, Father God. I desire to speak your words and your truth and what you have for your people, Father God. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come upon this place, that your, your spirit would be thick in this room, Father God, that you would change the atmosphere and that all distraction would leave this place this morning, Father God, and we would tune in to what you have to say for us this morning. And as church said, amen. amen, amen, amen. Hey, the reason I want to be so intentional about talking about the Holy Spirit this morning is I think from time to time, um, we know who God is, right? That's God the Father. God the Father, he is our alpha, he is our omega, he is our beginning, he is our end, he created the heavens and the earth, he is everything. We love him, we obey him, we glorify him, we fear him, we seek him, we know God. And we also know King Jesus. Jesus is the man who, who came, he's the son of God, and, but they are still one, okay? He is the son of God and he came and he lived a life, he was born as a baby, lived a perfect life, did ministry, performed miracles, died an innocent man on the cross on our behalf, only to raise again three days later, trampling sin and death. We know that Jesus, but what about the Holy Spirit? He is that third piece of the Trinity, right? Okay, awesome, moving on, great. No, there's more to the Holy Spirit, and we need to dial in on who he is. And at times, as we are forgetting about this piece of the Trinity, or we are just not paying much attention to it or putting much weight on it, we're asking ourselves, why am I so tired? Why am I feeling so disconnected? Why am I so worn down and burnt out? Why am I not hearing from God? Because I went to church on Sunday and my heart pounded a little heavier during worship. Maybe I even cried a little. Maybe I got some goosebumps. But the rest of the week, I was burnt out. What are we missing here? I heard this really sweet story um, recently. Um, there was a sweet old woman and she was having an issue with her phone. And really she wasn't having an issue 
with just one phone, she had bought six brand new phones over the course of two months, and she could not figure out why her phones kept breaking. And so she goes to her granddaughter, and, and she talks to her, and, and she's like, I don't know what's going on with my phone. I, it works for a little while, and then it shuts down, and I can't get it to turn back on. And, and the granddaughter asks her grandma, and she goes, well, is this, like, are you, like, is there a problem with your charger or the, uh, your power outlets? And she says, what's a charger? Oh no, guys, she was buying, this is a true story, she was buying new phone after new phone and she didn't know that she could charge her phone throughout the week. How often does that happen to us? Or maybe you've done this before, y'all, I do this all the time. I go to bed and I plug my phone in and I get all snuggled in and I got my dog Peach on one side of me and I got Reed on the other side of me and we get a great night's rest, okay, it's wonderful. And then I wake up in the morning and I go to unplug my phone and it's dead. What? but I literally plugged it in. Like I I watched myself do it. I just unplugged it. It was charging all night long. It wasn't plugged into the wall. Who does that? I do that all the time. Anybody else in here do that? Okay, I'm not alone. Thank you. It wasn't plugged into the wall. How often does it look like we're plugged into the spirit and living into the spirit, but we're not actually plugged in? We're not actually plugged into that power source. How many of us have been there? Maybe it's we know the Holy Spirit, but we don't actually, we know of him, but we don't actually know him. We don't actually know his voice. And I think so many of us, we can say, yes, I've come to church and I've sang the songs, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place. Come fill this atmosphere. But do we know what that means? And do we know that that atmosphere is not just for these walls in here, but it can be carried out of this space? What does it mean to have a distinct awareness of the Holy Spirit for seven days a week? There's a quote, I've got a slide up here for it, perfect, uh, by a theologian named A.W. Tozer, and it says this, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from our churches today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. And I don't know how accurate that 95% is, okay? But what I do know is what he's saying is that we are so dependent on ourselves and our strategies and our methods and our rules and our regulations that if the Holy Spirit left, there are times that we would have no clue. That's unacceptable. So many people ask then, well then what does it look like to live with the Holy Spirit? Because like I've said, we've come to church and we've had the encounters where our hearts pound heavy, maybe we cry a little bit and we get goosebumps and I do believe that some of those are Holy Spirit encounters, do not get me wrong. But also how many times have we felt our emotions well up and tears and goosebumps and all of these things and it was not God. It was not God. God's looking at you and you're crying and you got goosebumps and he's like, baby, that ain't me. That ain't me, that's your moving, that's your emotions, that's your speaking. How often does that happen? Because you can come to church and you can do those things on a Sunday morning and you can feel really good about it, but let me ask you a question, were you delivered? Were you changed? Were you set free? Because you were crying and you got goosebumps? Because I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit is something that invades our innermost being. It radically changes us from the inside out. It's not worship, it's not conversion, and it's not powerful if it's not Holy Spirit led. And that change goes out from this place, not just on a Sunday morning. Some of us think that living in the Spirit means that we need to be super spiritual and super clever, right? 
and that we need to act like we're living in the spirit. And if I act like I'm living in the spirit and I say the right words and I post that I'm reading my Bible on Instagram in the morning and I do all of these things, that that means I'm living in the spirit. But I have to tell you, guys, I am really sick and tired of pastors and clergy and myself and Christians in general acting more spiritual and clever than God ever called us to be, than he ever called us to be. And I'm also tired of feeling the pressure to do that. That's not living in the spirit. That's, that's not living in the spirit. That's heading to the front of the stage to feed our own appetite for arrogance. A true innermost working of the Holy Spirit doesn't have to act. It doesn't have to act. And so, then what does it mean to live in the spirit? What does it mean to know the spirit? Who is the spirit? What are some internal and external realities of knowing him? And we're gonna talk about that this morning. And again, I can't answer every question for you. I'm sorry. I can't answer every question for myself, okay? I have questions still too. Your pastors are still learning as well. But what I want you to do is this morning, I want this to be a Kickstarter for you. And I want you to go home and I want you to talk to the Holy Spirit and I want you to listen to him and have open ears and an open mind and an open heart. But we're gonna kickstart that conversation this morning. Um, We're gonna talk about that. If you wanna open up your Bibles this morning to John chapter 14, okay? If this is your first time in a church space, John is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, it's that fourth book there. If you want to open up, if you didn't bring your Bibles, that's okay. I'm going to have it on the screen as well. But I do encourage you to bring your physical Bibles to church because there is power in diving into God's word with our brothers and sisters. We're going to start in John chapter 14. And I love how this passage starts because what's so special about the Bible is that it also has these little titles before passages. And so often we just hop and skip over those and we don't see them as a big deal. But those have power too. This passage starts out very simply with four words that hold so much truth. Jesus promises the Spirit. It's four simple words. Jesus promises the spirit. And already from this title, we are starting off with some strong language. You hear me say from the stage all the time, whether it be in worship or prayer, it's not a suggestion, it's a, you don't hear me. Oh my gosh. See, this is why we're talking about this today because y'all ain't taking this outside of this space, okay? No, it's not a suggestion, it's a promise, It's not a suggestion, it's a declaration. And I say that all the time from the stage because I feel like so often, myself included, all of us, we have some trust issues. That's not crazy, that's pretty common actually, okay? We have some trust issues. But as believers in the body of Christ, we need to believe that when God says it, it will be done. It will be done. So right off from the title, this is starting off with that strong language. Jesus promises the spirit. Don't miss that. Pay attention. We're going to hop into verse 16. I'm going to read that together with you this morning. 16 through 17. And I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. 
This passage continues with more of that strong language. First of all, we're going to define who the Holy Spirit is this morning, okay? So King Jesus is requesting in this passage to God the Father to leave them with someone. He calls them his advocate. You see that there, his advocate. And we know this word advocate as maybe intercessor or helper. We've heard those words before. But I really think this is one of those times where we need to dive a little bit deeper and see what the original author was saying here. So we take this word advocate. We go a little deeper with that. The original Greek translation of the word advocate is parakletos. Parakletos. I practiced that a lot this week. Parakletos. Parakletos directly translates to the one destined to take the place of Christ. That's strong language. That is strong language. The one destined to take the place of Christ. And you may be thinking, take the place of Christ? Who can do that? How is that even possible? In John 16, Jesus, you have to forward two chapters, Jesus is very intentional and blunt about who is to take his place. Jesus is comforting his disciples in John 16. He's beginning to tell them that he will be leaving them soon, okay? He has been doing ministry with them for a while now. They have seen him perform miracles. They have worshiped with him. They have eaten meals with him and gone on trips and travels with him. And he has told them that he is leaving leaving. And that's really hard news to hear. But in verse 7 of John 16, it says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I didn't put this verse on the screen, but that's another declaration. That's not a suggestion from Jesus. That's a declaration. I will send him to you. Jesus actually says that this advocate will be better than him. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I'm telling you here right now, this is something that I can't comprehend. Jesus is saying, it is good for you that I leave. I know the disciples didn't get it. I'm telling you, I don't get it. I'm willing to bet some of y'all don't get it. It's crazy. How could it be better than Jesus? How is that possible? Jesus in his human form, talking about him in his human form, okay, not God, often in the human form, he can be in Israel But at the same time, he can't be in Rome, and he can't be in Greece, and he can't be in Asia, and he can't be in Africa, and South America, and Pleasant Hill, Iowa, all at the same time. But the Spirit, he can. He can. And this idea that it is good for us, that God sent us this advocate, this one destined to take Christ's place, like I said, it's not something that I can even understand, but I'm telling you, if Jesus says it is better, I want it. I want it, and I want to provoke us as a community to want it and to desire it, this advocate, this one destined to take Christ's place. I want us to wake up every morning with it to be our desire, our every breath, our every step. This advocate that Jesus left us and says is better, I want it. And I hope that you do too. So he's our advocate He's the one destined to take the place of Christ. So that is who the Holy Spirit is. Next in verse 17, it says this. It says, but you know him. I highlighted it here. He lives with you 
and will be in you. So this Holy Spirit, whom we just figured out who he was, he is the one destined to take Christ's place, Christ left him for us, he will be with us, and he will be in us. I am here to tell you his presence is with you and within you. It is not just a Sunday morning encounter, it is a daily reality, an external and internal reality, okay? With us, external, within us, internal daily reality. And within that, we see multiple promises from Jesus. And we're gonna dive into that. Let's first look at the fact that the Spirit is with us. The Spirit is with us. We hear us say it all the time on Sunday morning, Holy Spirit, you are here. Your presence is in this place, okay? But maybe you're walking in some mornings and you're like, I don't feel the Holy Spirit. I don't know what she's talking about. I came here and my kids were fighting in the car and I was not really nice to my spouse and I had a really bad week at work and my bills are piling up and all of these things are happening. And I gotta tell you straight up, girl, I am not feeling the Holy Spirit. But I gotta tell you, the Holy Spirit is not something we feel, the Holy Spirit is something that we are given. God does not dwell with us because we are good and because we are feeling it. God is dwelling with us because he is good. And because he has forgiven us and given us his spirit. And I do, I hear it so often. I'm, I just don't feel it, Maddie. I, I, maybe I'm just not feeling the Holy Spirit the way that you're feeling him. You're not just, I'm just not seeing him. I'm not hearing him. And we don't feel the Holy Spirit. And as believers in Christ, we have to stop being led by our feelings. Because I promise you they are fleeting. I promise you they are fleeting. His presence is promised for those who have surrendered their lives to Jesus. And as the body of Christ, we've got to stop being led by those feelings. In Ephesians 4, 14, it talks about what a mature Christian is. It says, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Disciples of Jesus that are mature and living in the spirit are not tossed by every wave and wind of feeling. They are moved by truth. As we focus on the Holy Spirit as something we feel instead of something that God has given us, we automatically start making the Holy Spirit about us. And that's a very dangerous place to be. The Holy Spirit serves me. The Holy Spirit responds to me. The Holy Spirit needs me to be active. And sure, he does respond to us. He is near to us. He does serve us. That is who he is. But just because the Holy Spirit is near to us does not mean that his main point is us. The main point of the Holy Spirit is to point to God and to point to the kingdom. Theologian Dale Bruner says this, the Holy Spirit is most present when Jesus is most central. I'm gonna read that again. The Holy Spirit is most present when Jesus is most central. So you wanna feel the Holy Spirit? You wanna feel him in your midst? You wanna see him? You wanna see how he's working? Are your ways his ways? Are your thoughts his thoughts? Are you consistently living your, mind, your life with a kingdom first mindset? As Weston preached last week, what are you building the foundations of your life upon? You want to feel the Holy Spirit? He's been given to you. Live into it. He is with us. His spirit was given to us freely without holding back. But in order to be distinctly aware of it, 
Our focus must be on Jesus. It must be on the kingdom because that is his focus, is on Jesus, is on God, is on the kingdom. He has given us his spirit, not just when we see it, okay? So the Holy Spirit is the one tested to take Christ's place. He is with us, and also he is within us. He is within us. Do you realize the power that's in that statement? I'm gonna ask you one more time. Do you realize the power that's in that statement? That's power in that statement. I hear people say all the time, I wish Jesus would come back. I wish Jesus would be near. I wish Jesus would be here. And I look at them and sometimes I just wanna shake them and myself sometimes too, because I do this and I'm like, do you read your Bible? He is here. He is here. The third piece of the Trinity literally lives within you. That is power. Have you ever wondered how popcorn pops? Someone say yes. Yes, okay, thank you. I'm so glad you want to know. How does popcorn pop? Well, when you put popcorn in the microwave, or for my crunchy friends on the stovetop, what's a microwave? Um, inside joke, sorry. Um, but when you, when you put your popcorn in and you're getting it ready to go, what happens is that in each kernel of popcorn, there's a little drop of water. Did you know that? absolutely microscopic in each kernel of corn. And what happens is when you put that popcorn in the microwave or on the stovetop, okay, it creates heat. And when it heats that droplet of water up, that droplet of water that is inside each individual piece of kernel, that water that's in that kernel heats up and creates steam. When that steam builds, it pressurizes and pressurizes and pressurizes, and all of a sudden, all of these pieces of kernels that are in there are going pop, 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 and it's creating something completely different than what you saw before. Not because you heated up the external shell, but because you heated up what was inside that shell. I promise you, if you spend time trying to be more spiritual or more clever, trying to, to heal everything on the outside and work on everything on the outside or just feel things on Sunday morning, what you are going to get at best is behavior modification. Is behavior modification. And that is temporary. That is not eternal. That is temporary. And you will get worn out and burnt out and exhausted. But when you focus on heating up that Holy Spirit power that lives within you, that resides in you, that is, what, that is when change begins. The Holy Spirit isn't a feeling on a Sunday morning. He is the third piece of the Trinity that lives with you every day in the week. All of the power, all of the goodness, all of the authority of God is in the person living in the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? amen. All of the power, all of the goodness, all of the authority of God in the person living in the Holy Spirit. And what does 2 Timothy 1, 7 say? It says that it's not a spirit of fear, it's a spirit of power. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, okay? Ephesians chapter one reminds us that the moment we believe, we re the moment that we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord as we surrender to him, we receive that power within us. The moment that we confess, the moment that we say we believe, we receive that Holy Spirit power within us. And I gotta tell you, some of us, sometimes myself included, we're sleeping on that power that lives within us. We're sleeping on that Holy Spirit power that, that resides within us. We gotta stop it. 
we got to stop it, y'all. There is power living within us, and we have work to do. And if we try to do it with all of our human methods and strategies and rules and regulations, we're going to get tired and we're going to get burnt out. We're going to keep reading articles about how we are living in the age of burnout. Okay, this is not a new thing. We've got work to do. And we have the advocate to help us. I have to tell you guys, the king that we serve is not some sort of king that lives in a far off land who doesn't really care about his subjects. How many of you seen the Emperor's New Groove? Yeah, yeah, that part where that little peasant goes to visit the emperor and he gets annoyed with him and like kicks him out the window, okay? That's not the king that we serve. He messed up his groove, okay? It's not the king that we serve. We serve a king that is near to us, amen? We serve a king who loves us, a king who knows us. How many subjects of a land can say, my king knows me? My king loves me. He knows my name. He's my alpha. He's my omega. Not only does he know me, but he lives within me every day. How many people can say that? We can. Amen? We can say that. Our king loves us, and he's near to us, and he lives within us. So we know these, these truths about the Holy Spirit. We know who he is. We know that he dwells with us and he dwells within us. We know this as a church, but so often we operate on what I see as three unfortunate realities. Oftentimes we find ourselves either forgetting the spirit, forcing the spirit, or frightened by the spirit. Sometimes we forget about the Holy Spirit. We think that it is just a nice doctrine to be believed. We believe, yes, of course, he is a thing. It's an encouraging idea, but we forget to believe that it is the literal presence of God to be lived in. Some nice theological idea that we think about and what we end up doing when we're not viewing it as a literal presence of God to be lived in is we develop, as I've mentioned, our own methods and our own strategies and we try and we try and we try and we try and we end up inventing some emotional roller coaster called church and we think that that's the Holy Spirit. That's not who he is. That's not God. There's another thing where I think a lot of times we attempt to force the Holy Spirit. We try by our own human methods and strategies to bring him into a space. And I think a lot of us have come from those, those, those places. Maybe you've seen people talk about the spirit or maybe you've seen people uh, talk about feeling the spirit in ways that are coercive or manipulative. Or maybe some of you have been told that if you haven't had a particular experience with the Holy Spirit, that you're doing something wrong or that you're not a real Christian if you haven't felt the Holy Spirit in this one particular way. And if that's you this morning and, and others tried to force that on you or you've tried to force it, I'm so sorry that you went through that. That's not God. That's not God. There's no way to force the Holy Spirit because he's already been given to us. How do you force someone to give something to you when they're already giving it to you? <laughs> he's already giving it to you freely. Or the third category you might be frightened by it. Some of us, like I said, have come from backgrounds where things were done in the name of the Holy Spirit that were not right. And I'm so sorry if you came from that background. Maybe you came from places and, and you thought that you were feeling things and emotions and the goosebumps and all sorts of things and, and then you never felt it again. 
and that scares you. You think he's left you or he's not near you, and I'm sorry that you went through that too. Maybe, just maybe, some of you are afraid of what the Holy Spirit actually can do in your life. You're nervous to actually step into that because that would mean laying down your comfortable life. That would mean leaning into the way of Jesus. That would mean stepping out of your comfort zone, and that's scary. Let me tell you, that's scary. There are a lot of scary things. It's scary for me to be up here right now. (laughs) But Jesus calls us to do the uncomfortable things, and maybe that scares you. Or maybe you're frightened by the Holy Spirit because you don't think that you're capable or good enough for him to reside with you or within you. And I'm here to tell you today that the God that we serve is the same God that came to earth, lived a perfect life, died for our sins on the cross, raised himself, himself, raised himself, I'm gonna say that one more time, raised himself from the dead three days later, and you think that you are not good enough or capable enough or you think you have too much baggage or you think your past is too intense or you think that you're not extroverted enough or you're not excited enough or you're not whatever, fill in the blank. You're not that powerful. God has a work for you. The Holy Spirit can reside with you and within you. Not good enough or not capable enough, that's just not a thing. We're not that powerful. God's better. He's more powerful than that. I'm going to walk in the worship team up here uh, as I start to close here. But at the beginning of the year, we mentioned that we had some exciting things coming. And immediately we jumped into reach. And God has worked incredible ways. Has he not? Amen. Oh my goodness, like he has just been working in that and that has been so incredible to watch and, and he's still working in that and, and we've got more exciting things on the horizon. I, I just shared with the, with the team this morning that we're just waiting on approval from the state and then construction starts for the daycare. Yes, you can clap for that, that's so exciting. That's so exciting. We've got Kids Hope, we've got people being trained for Kids Hope to go into the schools and, and, and to mentor kids. We've got hospice care starting here very, very soon. We're partnering with our current strategic partners even more. We've got more plans for Jericho coming in the fall. Y'all, we've been filling those bins for Caring Hands. That's been a blessing. Family Care Haiti coming at Christmas time. All of these exciting things. But I have to tell you something, that if we do all of these things and we do not allow the Spirit to go before us, all we are going to have is earthly solutions for things that take kingdom solutions. Okay? Truly blessing a community is a work of the Holy Spirit. I don't just believe that the works that are gonna come from Radiant Church either this year are just gonna be blessing the community. I believe that in this space, we are gonna see more salvations. We are gonna see more baptisms. We are gonna see more people come to Christ. We're gonna see more lives changed. People are gonna walk in these doors and feel the presence of the Holy Spirit because he does reside here. And I'm telling you, I don't want to go in any of that if he's not a part of it. Repentance is a work of the Holy Spirit. Harvests are a work of the Holy Spirit. And I won't go into another season without a fresh wind of it. In Exodus 33, Moses is talking with God and and he's preparing to take the people into the promised land. and, And the Lord says to Moses, my presence will go with you. 
my presence will go with you. Radiant Church, my presence will go with you. But I love Moses' reply in verse 15, Exodus 33:15. Y'all, somebody write this down. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up there. <laughs> if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Radiant Church, what if we were the type of church that knew who the Spirit was, knew that He resided with us, knew that He resided within us, and we said before every turn, every breath, every word, if your presence is not a part of it, I don't want it. I don't want it. God, if your presence is not in that higher job title or higher job salary, I don't want it. God, if your presence is not in that relationship, I don't want it. God, if your presence is not in the season of radiant growing and changing and doing good works, if your presence isn't here, God, we don't want it. We don't want it. We want the presence of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, as a church body, you know, we've kick-started this conversation. We've talked about who the Holy Spirit is. We've talked about um, that he's with us and he's within us and and we desire his presence for this upcoming season. I just want to treat this morning as a fresh commissioning. I'm not sure where you came in from this morning um, or this week. I know that for the church staff and the volunteers, y'all, we had a crazy couple weeks, let me tell you. Motorcycle accidents, funerals, sickness. It's been kind of (laughs) crazy, but God is good, amen. He's good. And I don't know where you came in this morning, if you're feeling worn down and worn out, and maybe you thought that you were charging, but you weren't, and you're not feeling equipped for the other six days of the week, because I'm telling you the Holy Spirit resides in more than just Sunday. And so we're gonna treat this morning as sort of a a fresh commissioning. We're gonna cry out as one church body and we're we're gonna ask God, God, just a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit on this place, a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit on my heart, a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit over my mind, over the words that I speak, over the steps that I take, a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit because if your spirit is not here, I do not want it. We're gonna declare that we're getting out of his way. (laughs) For some of us, that's really hard. For me, that's really hard. I was literally back there worshiping and I was like, get me out of the way, get me out of the way, get me out of the way. Like, don't let me say my words because I'm kind of a control freak sometimes. Get me out of the way. We're gonna declare that this morning and we're gonna declare that the Holy Spirit has no borders, has no perimeters. He can flow freely. He can do whatever he wants because it is better. And if his presence is not there, I do not want it. So the prayer team, you're welcome to head into the four corners of the room, and and I'm going to be here as well. And um, if we go a little long today, that's okay. I let our kids' ministry know ahead of time, so parents, they're prepped and ready to go for that. But uh, I'm going to ask this morning that whether you're in a season of joy or in a season of pain, If you're in a season of busyness or a season of calm, if you're in a season of you think you got it all together, or you're in a season of I walked in this morning and I don't know what was going on. I don't have much together except for the clothes on my back. Thank you for walking in with those. (laughs) I want you to go ask for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit this morning.
And this is not one of those moments where I'm gonna ask you, if you're feeling led and if you're feeling comfortable and all of these things, please go ask for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Pray for that with someone. I'm asking you, if you are a believer in Christ, and you are an attendee of Radiant Church, get out of your seat and go pray with someone and ask for a fresh anointing because we have work to do, amen? We have work to do. There's no shame in asking for a fresh anointing. Y'all, I literally, prayer team, praying it over me on a Wednesday. This morning, prayed over me a fresh anointing. When I was worshiping, prayed for a fresh anointing. Uh, Friday on my Sabbath, prayed for a fresh anointing. I be praying for fresh anointing all the Holy Spirit all the time because I believe that he can give it to me. I believe that he is far bigger and far wider and has so much more to give than I could ever imagine. Do you believe that he has more to give? Do you believe that God has one more move? Do you believe that this season is going to be everything that he has called us into? But if his spirit is not in it, say it with me, I don't want it. One more time, if his spirit is not here, I don't want it. I wish that I could explain to you more of the Holy Spirit and give you testimony after testimony of what it looks like when the Lord is residing amongst his people. But what I'm gonna ask you to do is I'm gonna ask you to go home and I'm gonna ask you to study that on your own. I'm gonna ask you to get with people in this congregation. Take a second, look around, look around, look around, okay? Everybody is in this room because whether you know it or not, you've had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. You believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, amen? You believe in the eternal work of Jesus Christ, amen? You've had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. You are testimonies of that. You wanna hear testimonies of how he's working? You need proof? Go have coffee with someone. Listen to their story and gear up for this season. I'm gonna pray for us. I'm gonna ask for a fresh anointing before I even go stand over there to pray, so I hope that's okay with you. And then we're gonna ask for this fresh anointing. And then I'm not gonna ask you to head back to your seats because I want you to use this room however you want. If you need to come over here and you need to kneel before the cross and you need to talk to the Lord, I want you to do that. If you need to do a little dance in the back, I want you to do that. If you need to walk the rows, I want you to do that. This space is for you, the Holy Spirit is moving. We're getting a fresh wind. We serve a God that does not withhold his spirit, but he pours it out in abundance to those who are willing and wanting.